Hey, welcome everyone to uh, Forgiven Podcast, uh, run through Bethel Brandon. We are glad that you are here and joining us. Uh, maybe you've been kind of our, just a regular listener. And if you are, thank you so much uh, for joining us and helping us in the process uh, that we can reach out online and through YouTube and, and all those things so that we can, uh, we're, we're hoping that we can make an impact, small steps at a time. And this is just one of the ways uh, that we do it. And so I think we're on podcast. What podcast are we on now? 22, 22. 23, something like Excellent. that. Excellent. And yeah. so we're still doing it, which means it's moderately successful at the very least. And so we are here. We've had some great guests and uh, people who have shared from their heart. And God is working through a number of people in our community and uh, and throughout the Brandon area. And we got lots of wonderful things which are planned in the oh, near yes. future. Uh, but Logan was just, uh, over the last week, we're kind of sitting and we kind of talk about um, how the Lord can direct us. And, and one, one of the things we want to talk about is who are we? Uh, just kind of get a chance to know who we are. And that's kind of an important thing because sometimes we assume that those people who are listening know everything about us. And, you know, mm -hmm. because we're working and, and parts of my life leak out as I preach and as I speak and, uh, and things like that. Uh, but there are a lot of people who are new to the podcast and there are a ton of people that are new to Bethel and uh, are listening. They're listening because um, they come on a Sunday, but they want a little bit more. And that's kind of the idea. We want to be able to provide a little bit more that helps with your growth. And so in and through that, we just kind of want to do a little, something a little bit unique, yeah, right? Some, Let me pass that to you. Yeah, the idea was is just, we've been doing some like really amazing good episodes and some of them have been pretty serious. Some of them have been pretty fun. Like when we had Dallas, Bryce and I on that one, was super fun but then we have somebody like Charmaine and it's a little more of a serious topic and and stuff and I like to switch it up I like to add some levity and some air right. and and all that stuff and that's kind of what this episode is supposed to be it's supposed to just let you know that like we're humans too we have a story and like we want you to get to know us this isn't supposed to be a one-way conversation and just because two of us doesn't mean it's gonna be a flop exactly right you know the opposite is gonna happen <laughs> And you were talking about growth earlier. I just have to say, you guys, the, the Forgiven Podcast listeners, you guys have been absolutely killing it lately. Like, I try not to spend too much time looking at the numbers and the analytics because you can get kind of, you know, bogged down and, and, and stuck in the comparison game. But I think it was only like three episodes ago that I said that we had 300 listens. And now we're at 400. Nice. Nice. So, Thank you. You guys are listening yes. and that's like, and that's 400 unique listens. So that's like really, really important. So thank you for that. So we are growing and God has just like been doing really, really good things from this. I mean, I've Excellent. been learning a ton. So, so if, and if you are listening and you're a regular listener and you're getting something from, please pass it on and uh, please share it with other people because I think that they will grow. This is just a great way uh, to continue the discipleship process Paris Sunday morning. Yes, exactly. It's not replacing Sunday morning, but it works alongside Sunday morning. Supplementary. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the idea. And, and we want to be able to serve you the best way we can. Yes. And sometimes there are questions and issues that we come up against that we just don't have the time on a Sunday morning. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit is using these moments uh, to help us to grow and to connect us. And we're so happy about that. And yes. so so today we're going to be talking who are you, who are you or who are we and and uh, so we're just going to take a, a bit of time or Logan is kind of you kind of set this up. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, just kind of I'm just coming and sitting down here kind of uh you know 
pull the we'll pull the veil back a little bit. You and I have both like you especially have just been like exceptionally busy the last because it's Christmas and everything's going on. And I care about them and I don't want them to have to like take a bunch of extra time. So I was like, let's do something a little more fun and like light and like let's just like do a quick Q&A and get to know us. And, and, at, and at the same time I think God can work through that. Absolutely okay. he can. Good. Good. So, I guess I got this question I'm I, I I'm not stealing it because it's not stealing, but I'm directly copying it from a podcast that I listen to every time there's a new one out. It's called The Eavesdrop. Shout out to that. If you've heard it, great. If not, whatever. But the host always starts the episode because he interviews a guest very much like us. Mm -hmm. And he says, who are you today? Because these are like internet personalities, right? So he wants to you know, hear the story and, and stuff like that. So who are you today? Okay. Well, that's kind of a loaded question in some respects. Hey, there's so much. <laughs> You know, I'm, I just consider myself a child of God who is continually working on growing and trying to passionately follow Jesus, and that's a daily process. And uh, so every single day, that that becomes the process for me. You know, I grew up in an unchurched home and uh, in southern Ontario and have been in ministry for uh, over 30 years. i got a wonderful wife, Angela, who's a, a brilliant individual and a great cook, and, uh, and uh, we are just... Uh, you know, happily married, and we have three children. All of them live in the Ottawa area in Canada, and uh, they are just uh, thriving, thriving in Ottawa. And so, so at at this point, we are excited to see things go forth here in Brandon. Brandon was a, a church that uh, I pastored in, or was an assistant pastor in 25 years ago, and uh, it was kind of funny under just the anointing of God and and that 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 the church called me back to take on senior pastor ministry. Now, I didn't realize that we'd be going through a pandemic, and I didn't realize <laughs> we'd be going through all the challenges that it's we true. are. But God has every one of us here for a reason. I, I'm always amazed at the sovereignty of God, that God does things, and he doesn't tell us prior to them us going through them. And so so we're excited looking ahead. I'm excited looking ahead, aren't you? Absolutely. All and right. I, I still like can't believe... Like, how, like, you haven't been here that, that long, but you've been through, like, so much. Like, it, it, it's actually insane to me. Like, I've only been on here, what, seven months? And it's like, I kind of came, I came at a really good time. I hit the sweet spot because it was like, everything was finally, like, lifted and we were finally able to do, like, church again. Yeah. Like, just yeah. kind of, like, normal. And so, like, I didn't, I mean, I battled through COVID at other churches and stuff like that. Yes. So, I know the struggle, yes. but it was like. Well, it, the issue, the issue was this, when you came on. You were a breath of fresh air because the rest of the staff, it was like we had just gotten through running a marathon, right? And all of a sudden, we got this guy who's fresh. He's, okay, I want to do this. I think we should do that. And and we're like, we're just kind of standing there with our with our bent over with our hands on our knees, trying to catch our breath with everything that was going on. And and it was just just it's a difficult process, but we're just so glad that that you were able to come uh, and and join us for that process. And so. I'm like I'm just looking forward. Um, I just want so much to see God move, and I think that every passionate follower of Jesus wants the same thing. Absolutely, we want to see um, God move by His Spirit in the services. That the presence of God is there, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, drawing us closer to Him, but also the fact that we want to somehow make our mark in the community and actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes. And so that kind of is the drive. Yeah. That is the drive, and the drive is based on a passionate love for Jesus. Yep. And so I guess if you're if you're asking who I am, that 
basically is me, right? So the, I think in ministry what happens is you just become part of the, of the vision yeah. to go ahead, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that would be, that's, that was would be how I would answer it. How do you answer that question so for yourself? I guess for me, who I, who I am today is I am a person who uses my gifts and abilities uh, and to help people find and follow Jesus. That's, that's who I am today. And so I'm a child of God, all the kind of stuff that you said. Um, but for me, I love like, I like doing new things. I'm creative. I mean, you know that I like to think and I'm, I'm always creating and doing all these things. And so for me, like, I like to think of myself as like an online, like I try to, I try to, I try to minister to the online world. That's like a lot of what I like to do is that I like to think of myself as like a, truthfully, I hate saying this and I haven't said it out loud really to anybody. I'm going to say it. I think of myself as a Christian content creator, right? Okay. Like that. Cause like, that's like the modern term of like, you hear all these like content creators and influencers and, and all these things. And I don't like the stigma yeah. that comes with that, yeah. but that's what I like to do. I like to use our church and our platform and, and try to push us into that online world. That's we, what I'm here to do. We have, we have changed so vastly in how we communicate anything, rather whether it's church related yeah. or not. Our our church, uh, our, our world has radically changed, and the paradigm has radically changed. And, and many times, the church is late to the show. And so, now I'm, I I can't remember who coined the phrase, but a few years ago, a number of years ago, someone said. The website is the new foyer yes. of your church. It used to be you come to church, and and the first place that you would go would be into what would be called the foyer, foyer. area, and and that's where you know people instructed where your kids go, and people welcomed you, and you were kind of ushered into the service and the experience of of a, a service. Uh, that's not the case as much as as much as the fact that the foyer is important. Yes, the the issue is now that people will visit you online. Yep. And many times they will visit you a number of times online before. And so uh, a number of our, our greatest form of communication has changed to the point where the, the greatest opportunities and the, the most um, exciting frontiers yes. in reaching people with the gospel uh, is, starts without people even stepping into your church. Absolutely. Like- and to do that in a practical way is extremely important to show people uh, everyday faith without without in, in some way sunburning them with the gospel, but just practically showing them that, that there's a God who loves them and died for them. Yes. And that they're actually lost if you don't know God. And and there's unique ways that you can do that online. And this is one of them. One of the things we have created right yeah, now is absolutely. one of them. And it's something that I've always wanted to do and when we first got together that was something that you wanted to do and that mm-hmm. just kind of worked really well absolutely and so as if you're listening today this is kind of this was something i believe that the holy spirit put together oh 100 percent. So. like i well i've never actually the one thing i've ever told that experience on the podcast and you know what i'm going to so um i just falls into who i am today because then we'll, we'll go on to the next question okay um like i said i like to think of myself as like a i'm a pastor but i like to pastor online and I would just, I was in between churches and, um, our, Stephen, Pastor Stephen here, he's a longtime friend of mine. Uh, he calls me, texts me every summer 
And he's like, what are you doing? Because he, he has this ministry that he does over the summer, and he's always wanted me to, like, work with him, and I've just never been able to. I feel kind of bad because I always have to, like, text him back and be like, hey, sorry, I'm busy. Um, but that last, this summer, I didn't have anything going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so he calls me, and I was like, oh, actually, I have nothing. He's like, what do you mean you have nothing? You're just going to lay around all summer, blah, 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 blah. And but I'm not kidding. You may not know this, but uh, we were looking for – for someone in in certain areas of, of help in that area, and Dan Murphy, who is the uh, oh. was the district guy, says, "Have you considered Logan Tart? Oh, and so what we did is I I inquired, and you had already been hired by another church, and we we're like, oh, yep. and so we thought that you would already you had already had a place, and God had put you in another place, and so that was fine. I can't can't argue with what God's doing and how He's leading. No. So it was a surprise to us when all of a sudden we found out that you were <laughs> yeah. in between churches. So. Anyway, Stephen literally calls me, and I did the Pentecostal thing, okay? For those listening, we use this as an excuse. We say, I'll pray about it. And I did authentically go and pray about it, but the reality was I just was not ready to make a decision, and I was too embarrassed or afraid to say that. So he would come back to me like every other day. He'd be like, will you pray about it yet? Did you pray about it yet? Did the, like, and I kept saying, no, I haven't heard anything. And it was like three weeks. He called me like every other day. And then finally, he's like, he's like, we're not asking you to commit to anything. He's like, just come and have coffee with us. And so yes. then I... Because that be, the story behind that is that we were looking for something. We found out that you were available. <laughs> and we had heard that you were kind of, you were kind of uh, determined to get yourself back to Saskatoon. And, and so I said, okay, well, you know, if that is the case, but at least let's see if we can arrange a meeting <laughs> to find out where your heart is and if... And if God is in this, then maybe, maybe this is the place where you needed to be. Yeah. Well, and so I was like, fine, I'll come and have coffee. Why not? Because I'll be honest, I had no, I didn't have any intention. Yeah. And then we had a conversation, and then what? Two days later, you called me, and then and then I said yes. But it was it was just this crazy movement of like, when I walked in, the fact that every like every person that was in the building got up came and welcomed me shook my hand like even betty even betty our custodian she's like hi and she's like working like every single person said hi to me welcomed me and like i had never gotten that in, at another church and that's not to say other churches are bad it just and for anyone listening that's that wasn't a ploy i guess that just naturally happened yeah like, there exactly. was no there's no strategy let's to say <laughs> let's pretend we're friendly yeah sort of thing but that was that was what sealed the nail in the coffin and so like for me that was like that's who I am today. It's like I knew that I could use that I could be in this place to use my gifts and talents. And if I if I recall the conversation, we can go on to the next topic. Yeah. But if I recall the conversation with you first coming, you had definite ideas as to what you wanted to do and where your heart was at. And you started talking about these things. And I realized that it was it was mirroring everything that I wanted to do. And I said, This is this is what I am looking for because I distinctly knew what I wanted to do. And as we began to talk, we realized that what you wanted to do and what I wanted to do was exactly the same thing. Absolutely. So, and that's funny. Now, I just, I'm always, I'm always glad to see how God, how God works. Yeah. And if you're listening, if you have been a Christian for any length of time, chances are you probably discovered that as well, that, that God and his grace and his love orchestrates events. Yes. Absolutely. And so I think that's how we've seen with uh, this, even this podcast coming into existence. So. Yeah, and we don't, we're not sharing all these stories to make you feel bad or, or, or whatever. We're just saying, like, God is at work and is moving, and, it, and it's, it's truly a beautiful thing. 
So the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was, um, how did you get called into ministry specifically? Um, I had no intentions of going into ministry. Again, I, I kind of wanted to go into college and take like a kinesiology uh, type of course, and that was kind of what I was happy with. And at the same time, there were a lot of people at the church that I grew up in that were saying, you know, have you ever considered the fact that God might be calling you um, to full-time ministry? I, I was doing a number of leaders. I was in a great church that that helped me um, exercise my leadership muscles and and trained me and helped me. And like I said, I, I didn't grow up in a home where I had the support of my family, mm-hmm. but I had the support of a church family, just people, men particularly, who just kind of came alongside me and encouraged me uh, along. And there's people who are recognizing the fact that, you know, have you ever considered the fact that you're called? And I just said, I don't want that at all. And um, so I kind of had, had was, was toying with this thought. And I remember saying distinctly in my head, and I'm just kind of in high school, I said, God, you know what? I am going to not go into ministry. I'm not going into ministry. I've chosen. I remember it was like a Wednesday. That Friday I was in a football game, and I I got injured. I, the, the plan was that maybe I could go and, and while I was in university, maybe play yeah. something. And 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 so I got a, a, an injury where my my arm, instead of, you know, how it kind of bends forward, yeah. it bent backwards. Oh, yeah. That's had, I had a really bad dislocation where my where my arm was just injured. And and so my whole, any kind of thoughts of, of continuing on in that were there. I just remember having it. And Friday that happened, and they took me to the hospital, put me in a cast. I got home, and then we had a youth rally, which was with a, was with a number of churches. And there was a guy who met me. I went to the washroom, and, and I got... A kid with his friends. I'm just yeah. talking and you know, acting like Mr. Cool sort of thing. And I'm in the I'm in the bathroom, and there is a guy who was just getting himself ready, and he was an older guy, and he's welcoming us and he's talking to us, and we don't even I have an idea. He's asking about my arm, and yeah. I kind of tell him about it, and then I go into the service, and there's oh, there's probably around 300 kids at this youth rally, and he's talking. This guy all of a sudden, all of a sudden, yeah. I find out he's the head speaker. He's the guy speaking that night, and and he is he is speaking. And you ever those times where God is just God is nibbling at your yeah. heart, yeah. and right near the end of the service, he says, "Hey, you broken arm." <laughs> That's what he called me. <laughs> you, hey, you broken arm. God talked to my heart while while I was. While we were in the bathroom, I can just imagine. I'm thinking back now. Yeah, he's talking to 300 people. He says, "Hey, broken arm." God was talking to me while we were in the bathroom, sort of thing. That I don't know how well that sounded or anything. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't. So, so what he, what he said? Well, when we were talking in in the washroom, God was speaking to my heart and said, "He's wanting to use you for full time ministry." And then he talks to the person beside me, and his girlfriend beside him, and then the person beside him. He goes down the line and says, "Yeah, God's going to want to use you. God's want to use you." For full-time ministry and and to this day the one person beside me has been a pastor for the same length longer than i have and the wow. other one the other one is is one of the most well-respected leaders in our fellowship and a teacher at the bible college and has done so many wonderful things mm-hmm. and you know they, they it's you just saw the, you just saw the hand of god move as i look back at that time that moment was so defining for um three or four of us 
who are now continuing to be in ministry from that one particular meeting. Yeah. And so, you know, all of a sudden you have something like that happen. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, God, I'll, I'll do whatever you yeah, want I'm me to do. I'm on board now. Yeah. Right. And so, so that was, that was the beginning for me. And, you know, from there it's the roller coaster ride of ministry where there's lots of goods and there's bads and God is always faithful. Yes. So, yeah. So again, if you're listening uh, and you are a passionate follower of Jesus, uh, I'm not saying anything that is uncommon uh, to people, that God just intervenes. He works in your life. You might be going through a time right now where you, you're at the bottom of the roller coaster instead of the top of the roller coaster. And uh, it just, you just have to wait it out because yeah. God is always doing something great for our best interest in our lives. Amen. Yeah. About yourself. So... <clears throat> Well, I don't know how much I can attest to the to the first part of this, but when I was younger, uh, my family, you know, when you're a kid, you ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say minister. I don't know if it meant, like, it could have been God planting a seed and all this stuff. I think maybe it was just kind of the last person that I could remember or whatever, but I definitely remember that. Uh, truthfully, I was very much like you. I was going to go to university, and I was going to become a social worker. I was going to get a social work degree. I had filled out my application to Briarcrest to get like psychology and a sociology degree so that I could become a social worker. And I took a year off uh, in between high school and then my first year of college. And it was during that year off. And I'd always maybe considered doing ministry, but I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm cut out for it, but this way I could still help people and still do youth and, and stuff. And uh, it was family camp, I think actually at Manhattan beach. Uh, our, young adults group just was going up for the day or whatever. And I don't remember who the speaker was. I don't even remember what they were talking about. It was some missionary. And he says, he calls up all the young people and he, you know, he goes over and he's praying for all of us. And I'm up there with like my two best friends on either side of me. And one was already going off to Bible college and he, he just got his confirmation that this is where to go. And then the other one and I, we were taking a year off and, she was going to art school and I was just going to work. And I had no idea I wanted to do ministry. And the guy's like praying over me. And he, he very similar to you, he was like, you're, you're called the ministry, my guy. Like, he's like, that's what you're, you're going to do. And I was like, I, I don't think so. And then I had that real come to Jesus moment where it was, I'm praying and praying. And sometimes I'm sure some, some of the people listening, you can tell when you're kind of fighting something that God's telling you. When you're praying, you can tell in your soul that there's some tension, there's something going on that you don't want to admit. And I didn't want to admit that I was called to ministry. And then I did. And I'm talking like the waterworks just came. Like I was like, that was a mess. And like, and then I knew in that moment I was like going, to, I was going into ministry. And like, it was just confirmed by like a bunch of other people around me. Like people I hadn't even met. And they're just like, yep, yeah, you're, you're called to ministry. Just like old Pentecostal people have been around and just have that discernment and prayed over me. And then. I ended up in ministry. Kind of like the hound of heaven. You ever heard of that term? No. The hound of heaven? No. No? It's, it is the times where, where God loves you so much that he refuses to let you go. And so what happens is, is God begins to do something a little bit deeper in our lives. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like that Sunday morning where something has happened and you, you weren't expecting something to happen on a Sunday morning. But for some reason, God has different plans than you have. You're thinking, I'm going to go to service. It's going to be good. I'm going to enjoy things. I'm going to go out to Wendy's or whatever. 
Yeah. But all of a sudden this Sunday, something that is said triggers your heart. God challenges you. Yeah. For those people who just are, are who haven't accepted Jesus yet, you are there and all of a sudden you become aware of the fact that you are a sinner and that you absolutely need God. Yes. And then God is speaking to you and he's pressing you and and there is that that it's the hound of heaven. It yeah. is that it is that that voice that lovingly calls you and it's and it's almost terrifying. Yeah. It's almost terrifying in the fact that you want to get out. I don't want to. Or You know what's kind of funny? There are times when I've known that God has wanted to work on my life, and I will do absolutely everything I can to avoid going to that altar. Yep. Oh, I've been there, done that. There's been times where God has spoken to my heart, and it has taken like 10 or 15 minutes of arguing with God because I said, oh, I'm not going to the front. I'm not going to the front. People are going to blah, blah, blah. And yet there's nothing, there's nothing more fulfilling and healing than actually going to an altar and mm. not giving a care about what anybody says. I don't care if God is saying yes to me or God is saying, you need to be up there. Who am I to say, oh, I don't want to do it. Exactly. There's that pride in us that doesn't want to, um, I don't know, I don't know if there's, there's to take a step at an altar, to go from the, the pew where you're sitting yep. and then someone invites you to come up to the altar is, is, humbling and it's fearful though at the same time yeah i'm afraid i'm afraid and i don't know whether it's i'm afraid of of what god might do or if it's afraid of what people might think i think it's we, both we i work really hard to convince people that i have it all together and most of the time i don't and i'm hoping i don't disappoint anybody uh, who says well you're the pastor you're supposed to have it together i don't all the time I'm continually coming to God and saying, God, I just, I, I fall short well, that's, on these issues. That's kind of the whole point of our faith in Christ, though, is the fact that we will always fall short, but that he loves us and cares for us anyway. And for those, for those listening that, and we are going to do a whole podcast episode on this, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But for those that think that us pastors are infallible or you, like we put our pastors on pedestals, don't do that. That's not that's not your role and that's not our role. It's there's not one person in the Bible. There's not one. We'll use the word pastor. There's not one leader in the Bible who was perfect and didn't make a mistake and didn't need to rely. And my on my philosophy is this: I never want to put myself on a pedestal never. because because. When I do fall, <laughs> then yeah. people will say, well, he told us all along exactly. that he wasn't all this. I hate to fall from a pulpit that I've never, or a, a platform or a certain level yeah. that, that I have led people to believe that I'm on. Exactly. And, and I think if we can, can continue to have that level of humility and brokenness, uh, whether you're a pastor or not, that becomes the fertile ground for God to move in our lives. Yes. And uh, so that's kind of that's yeah. kind of how I've always I've always seen things. Yeah. Absolutely. So I asked um a couple of people around church and I threw some questions. I put out some stories on Instagram, but only one person responded. And they asked, uh, why is Pastor Mike such a Miami Dolphins fan? <laughs> well, hey, when I was a kid Growing up, I think I was seven years old. 
when the Miami Dolphins were the undefeated champions, the only team to do it and win a championship at the end of the year. And uh, I know 72 was the year for me to all of a sudden become involved in sports because uh, I was a Boston Bruins fan and uh, and a Cincinnati Reds fan. At that particular time, those were the teams that that were at the top, and those are kind of the the waves that the waves that I had yeah. uh, read at that at that particular time. Absolutely. And so um, the, that is kind of the idea. And so you know, being a fan, I don't want to be a fair weather fan. I want to I want to stick with the team, whether they're good or bad. I Unfortunately, over the last couple uh, couple decades, it seems they haven't <laughs> been as good. But this year, I actually have uh, room. Room to cheer. We actually might make the playoffs, and yeah. you might team the yeah. Minnesota Vikings might make the uh, the playoffs as well. Yeah. The next the next question was why does Pastor Logan like the Vikings? Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, I played for the Vikings when I was in high school. Not obviously the Minnesota Vikings, but the local like Vikings. And so we kind of partnered with them in the Bears a little bit. So we kind of had some like camaraderie there because like one of our players played for the bears and then we just had the same name as the vikings and so they invited us out to a camp we went to a game well i say we i didn't actually get to go on that trip too expensive but like so i kind of fell in love with them there but some of like my favorite like players in history are like the purple people eaters yeah you got the and like larry the fridge jackson who played for the vikings for a little while like as an offensive lineman that's just somebody you look up to and yeah. i'm like that's awesome and that's i, kinda, I only remember william the fridge perry is Maybe another that's fridge? there's another fridge. I didn't know there were two fridges. Maybe I got the name wrong. Maybe there was only one. Fridge. I'll just say this right now: there are a number of people who have fast forwarded through this portion of the Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely, but listen, and, and that is because I find that a lot of times Manitobans are not really big NFL fans. But we're They're not just the Manitoba CFL audience fans. now. We're pretty global. Yes. We actually get some good U.S. listeners and stuff. But though people ask that question, so I figured I'd throw it in there. Um, I guess the other one is, I mean, we covered it a little bit. But why do we make this podcast? Why does why do we as a church, you know, put resources into this? Why am I allowed to to do this? Well, we kind of answered that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Is that we have come to the realization that the best way to start a conversation is online. Yes. And with the younger generation, a, a major part of communication has to do with online ministry. And particularly in and through podcasts, yeah. that also deal with the fact that both of us have a heart for discipleship and bringing people along. And again, I I grew up in a uh, in a scenario where I didn't really have a whole lot of support from home. You had a little bit more support from home, yeah. uh, but I think we were in the same boat that that we needed something, an avenue uh, where we could talk about faith. And there were certain things that that I was late to the show in learning, and it was due to the fact that people just assumed that I knew. It was yeah. kind of part of the church culture where your kids were taught this when they were young. Well, I was never taught that. Nope, me either. And so we couldn't help but think that if, if that is going on with us in our lives, in a time where church people don't come every week, there are a lot of details and things about faith, a lot of conversations that need to be had for people we're wanting to know a little bit more and go a little bit deeper and to find out where our heart is on the issue. And the process, the process of making you not just someone who comes to church, but to make you a passionate follower of Jesus yeah. and how that translates 
You know, so if I'm a passionate follower of Jesus, then I got to say yes to Jesus all the time. That affects my giving. That affects how I serve other people. Yeah. It affects every time I get in an argument with someone that I actually have to be the one who initiates the process of asking for forgiveness and to yes. reconcile things and, and a lot of things which are really hard to do, but there's a reason why God tells us to do these things. Yes. And so it is the process of, okay, I gave my life to Jesus at an altar. Now what? Exactly. What is the what is the everyday process of surrendering to Jesus look like? And uh, so that becomes that becomes paramount and important uh, for this podcast. Plus the fact that we get a, have a lot of fun. Well, true, we do get to people. have lots of fun. Yeah, um, I'm not going to answer that because you covered everything. We have the same we have the yep. same heart on that issue. Uh, you went to Bible college. Yep. I went to Bible college. Yep. What's one of your favorite memories? from Bible college, whether it's like sneaking out or doing something. I mean, maybe you didn't. Maybe you were like a perfect student or something. But I don't know. You got to – everybody has some really fun Bible college stories. Well, I got a concussion lost my memory when I was in Bible college. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, yes. I I was, I think, in my second year in Bible college, and we were playing football outside. And the very last play, I went to try and grab onto a guy, and he got his knee really high, and he kneed me in the head. And – and I was fine until I got to my bedroom and I didn't know what day it was. And I didn't know, you know, there's, I didn't, it was scary actually. Yeah. It so is. they took me to the hospital and, and there was a great big, like 16 foot Christmas tree in the main foyer. And I began to ask, when did they put that thing up? It had been up for a week. And, wow. and, uh, and so, you know, uh, I was asking a lot of questions repeatedly and, and had a lot of friends, but that was kind of one experience that I kind of remember from Bible college. I remember a time when I was in Bible college and we had a spiritual emphasis days and uh, we had one time where God so incredibly moved that the service started at 7 and at 3 o'clock in the morning, a majority of the people were still in the the gymnasium and it was, I still remember times where I'm just sitting and, and having the Spirit of God work in my life and uh, and times where I was just you know casting off all the stuff that I, the 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 idols that were in the high places. It says in the Old Testament, yeah. this king was a great guy, but he never ever got rid of the idols in the high places. And that that was a time where where God was asking me to get rid of the hidden idols, the idols in in high places. And and there was levels of surrender and things that I learned. Again, I I really hadn't learned how to pray effectively until I got into Bible college. There's there was a number of things that that I just learned firsthand from people who really, really passionately followed Jesus. And, uh, you know, if there were two, if there are two, there's tons of things. Some things I do not want to mention. And oh, okay. Some people, well, if there are other Bible college people that went through me, had a lot of things, you know, sneaking out of, sneaking out of the dorms. Hey, Statue of Limitations stuff like passed, that. So. so, so, but, um, yeah, there's the funny and there's the, the spiritual, the spiritual, wow, that was, those were those were times where I think God, God provides moments in our lives. Um, I just call them hangers. The hmm. times where we hang our faith on on moments where God specifically moves, and he does that so that when we go through the difficult time, we think back to that time where we met God. Hmm. I think that God provided that for the disciples. Absolutely, he did. Like, 
Like I could imagine at a time when you're running for your life and um, the government is after you or you're in prison or you're being persecuted or you've lost your job and things are going wrong with the disciples who are now the apostles. I could see them sitting around the, the campfire and saying, hey, you remember that time when they tore down the roof and that paralytic, that guy, they wheeled him down and, and Jesus oh, yeah. got in a big fight with the Pharisees about forgiving sins and and him getting up and walking. So remember that? The finding remember that? Yeah. Do you remember the 5,000? Remember we were sitting there and we couldn't, we we kept on giving out food and and it's, a, it's just like times where God just so powerfully moves in your life and you remember it, it impacts it's a stamp it's a stamp in your life so and god provides those times so that you what happens is you go through the difficult time you go through a time where you're not too sure what to do and god doesn't come and and you know there's there's this transactional relationship with god that many of us have that says this God, I'm going to serve you, but you are supposed to do this. You're supposed to provide me with a good life and supply everything and allow that nothing bad happens in my life. And, you know, and when, and when it does happen, those things inevitably do happen. We say, God, you're not holding your end of the bargain. Well, God never said he's going to do that anyways, right? Yeah. But in those times, I believe for many of us, and again, those who are listening, I think this will resonate for a number of us. That when we go through the deepest times in our lives, that God reminds us of those moments yeah. that are stamped on the impressions of our heart where God proves, yeah, I was there before. That's why he tells us to remember the past Absolutely. over. That's why he tells us to remember these things. These are, these are the things that are stamped on our memory which prove that God exists and that God is there and that he cares because you need those times for the times where you were tempted to say he's not there and he doesn't care. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's funny enough. You got a concussion in Bible college. I also got a concussion in Bible college, but it wasn't playing football. Oh. We were uh, doing indoor, like, rec league soccer. So we we're playing against, like, another team in the city. And I suck at soccer. I, I don't like the sport. I'm not good at it. But it's like, hey, it's the for only those of you who are watching the World Cup while this is on. You know, they don't want to cause any Listen, kind of offense to anybody who's listening. I appreciate good soccer players. Like, don't get me wrong; the fact that you can run for an hour and a half straight, like all the power to you. Like, I appreciate that. I just know that I am terrible at it, and I will never be good at it. But we needed players, and whatever, I'll play soccer, whatever. And this guy must have thought he was Ronaldo or Pele or something on the other team. He's like. Just trying so hard, and I was like, "Man, it's rec league soccer! Like, what, like you're already mm -hmm. up like five zero, and you're trying to like just drive the nail in deeper." And he goes to like kind of like toe kick it over my head, like a rainbow kind of thing. Yes. And I'm from like here to the end of the table, and he's square in the face with with the ball, like as hard as he can, like the and just like boom, head rocks back, and I'm kind of like standing there, but the ball came back, it bounced right off my head, so he goes to kick it. And his leg comes up and he hits me in the chin with oh his with his shoe. So I got hit in the face of the ball and kicked in the head. Am I supposed to be laughing at this time? <laughs> Absolutely, I probably it's not. It's really okay, funny. Go ahead. And I I wish I could see the the angle from the bench or something like that. And I legitimately don't remember anything until like I I remember my friend who was a hockey ref giving me like the concussion test and then I don't remember anything until I remember sitting in class the next day. 
And this is like, we had computers and everything. So I thought I was taking notes. Like here I am just like typing along. And in word, you know how like it underlines red when it's like a misspelled word. It was just like a solid, like a page and a half of just one big long paragraph that was all misspelled. Cause I was just going like this and just typing. And uh, this is 24 hours after. Oh yeah. 24 hours after. Wow. And it was bad. And I, Dr. Rob Lindemann at the time, I was in his class, and he could tell I was not feeling well. He's like, Logan, are you okay? I don't, I don't remember what I said. I just remember he kicked me out of class and told me, don't come back until you're feeling better. So then I went and like... Thanks a lot, Dr. Rob <laughs> Thanks for your compassion. <laughs> well, he was being compassionate. And, and so I just... Shout outs to my friends. They forced me to go to the ER. Like we were waiting outside my dorm room later that day, and they're like, "You're going to the hospital right now. We're getting you checked out because this is not just like a little concussion. You actually are really sick." So yeah, that was that was. So we got concussion stories. That explains a lot about us, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and I got tons of other like ridiculous, crazy stories of like me and my friend Nick and Riley. We just decided to walk legitimately across the city of Saskatoon. So we're in like the south end near like like 8th Street. And if you know anything about Saskatoon, you know where Horizon, whatever. We're over there and we were actually walking to another rec league soccer game, which was legitimately across the city. Like it was from one end to the other. And Saskatoon's a big city. And we just, it was a nice winter day out. Like it was actually like melting. You know, you don't get a Nice lot and winter don't go. Yeah. They're, they, they're oxymorons. Okay. Um, anyway, so we walked across the entire city. Just to go play like an hour long rec league soccer game, not the same one I got my concussion because that would have been really bad. Um, but and then something that happened spiritually for me was I got humbled, like severely humbled. In that Horizon, the college I went to, is a competency based program. So what that means is is you don't really fail and you can kind of keep trying until it shows that you have understood the material enough right it's not just getting an a or whatever it's actually do you understand it not that can you regurgitate it back in a paper okay so it's not like the purple participation ribbon no no not at all Um, good so there's this class called communication skills and it's just it's it's an english class mixed with like a lot like with a critical thinking it's an amazing course i took it and i was a jerk and I, like I argued with the professor all the time. I distracted the class. Like people must have hated taking that course on because I thought it was so important and so much better than it that I didn't need it. I was like, I already know how to read the Bible. I already know how to do all these things. I'm second year in Bible college. Uh, you know, just just the head ten times too big. And oh, they they failed me. They said, Logan, you're not passing this class. And I'm like. In a place that, like, I'm one of the few people who failed in a place that you're not supposed to be able to fail. Um, But it was an ultimate humbling experience because it was God coming in and, like, you know, just leveling me out and saying, like, look, like, this is important. And I took it again and absolutely crushed it the second time. Not because I knew all the answers or was better. It was because I was actually humbled and, like, listened and learned. And now that is literally the foundation for what I do. Like, I communicate on a daily basis for everything. And that's like, I use everything I learned in that class daily. And that was like, for me, it was this immense humbling moment. It's, it's amazing how I can't, I don't know anybody who says, Oh, I was, 
what happened to him? Well, I was completely humiliated and humbled. What a wonderful experience. There's not, I don't know of anyone who has, at the time of being humbled, said, oh, this is wonderful. Oh, yeah. This feels great. There's nothing worse than a moment where you're humble, but the times of the greatest growth that I have had mm-hmm. has been when God has just created this situation where um, where he said, no, you have to trust in me. You're not as good as you think you are. Yeah. And uh, so... That's that becomes that becomes a reoccurring lesson in our yeah, lives, does it absolutely. not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, they just knocked me down a couple of pegs and really really established a foundation for me and yeah. that. So that's what, that's what Bible says first shall be last. Exactly. The Bible talks so so deeply about humility yep. and brokenness. Yeah. So here we are. There we two are. people trying to be humble <laughs> and certainly have had our times where we've been broken. So uh, we'll do. We'll just do a couple rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, some f- more fun ones. Okay. Favorite worship song, hymn, band. Right now. Yeah. Right now, uh, I really like that song. I'm caught up in this moment. Nothing else will do. Yeah, I think is what else. it is. It's one. It's one. Yeah. Uh, that one or the other one. I very much enjoy um, the songs that really extol lift up jesus i don't know maybe that was just the generation that i brought up was brought up in and that was what the the emphasis of the scripture was it wasn't so much on me it was on lifting up jesus and those kind of worship ones. those that probably are the songs that that really affect me the most absolutely yeah so for me uh if you well if you're listening and you use spotify your spotify uh wrapped is here so spotify tracks all of your like listening and then it gives you at the end of the year like a report on how much you listen and what your favorite song was and all this stuff. And so my for many years, my Spotify was completely just like un like it was not true of what I actually listened to because I'm using it for work or sure. like I'm using yeah. it for youth, whatever. So the numbers were always super inflated. But this year I hadn't really used it for anything but personal. And the top song was another Cody Karn song who does nothing yeah. else. It was Run to the Father. That one was like really big. It's all about running to God, but that my favorite song right now, it's, it's seven months old and I discovered it within the last like week. And I swear I've listened to it four times a day. Uh, it's called army of the Lord by Jen Ledger. Um, she is the drummer and one of the vocalists for the band skillet, which is like a pretty yep, like, yep. but she does this incredible worship song and she has tons of other like worship music that she puts out incredible so for those listening what's the song again army of the lord i'll probably link i'll link both of the songs i'll find youtube videos and i'll link them uh but that's what i've been listening to pretty much on repeat is like that song because it's just so like i don't get me wrong i like slow and methodical like emotional worship music but i can't stand when the whole worship set is like under 100 beats per minute and it's just like yeah. slow and you're just standing there it's like yeah. bring me some energy worship is also this like joyous song yeah. and so this song is like it's super high energy and yeah. Yeah. i find for me this is just i think as a father um, my son has had the opportunity to worship in a great church also called bethel oh. in ottawa and so i i think even this sunday he's sharing the lead in, in worship, it's a large church, uh, and uh, just he was the one who kind of introduced me to the song, you know, nothing else. Yeah. And that, and one thing that he does fantastic, and, and every Christmas when we were at another church, it was a smaller church, and we tried to focus the 
the ministry of Christmas Eve service on people who didn't know Jesus because that's who visited the church a lot yeah. of times. It was, um, uh, you know, the Leonard Cohen tune, Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. There is a, I can't remember the group. Is it Cloverfield or, or I can't remember what the group is? Did a Christmas rendition of Hallelujah. And, uh, and he does it fantastic. As a matter of fact, when the first year I was here as a pastor, he was, he, he came and did that. Uh, on a Christmas Eve service, and so I, I think a lot of the times the some of the lot, the worship that comes through the fact that I enjoy listening to him uh, lead worship, and it's kind of proud to see you know uh, my son worshiping the Lord, and uh, just I'm probably his biggest fan. Absolutely. And so you know I think that 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 influences me somewhat, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a parent, but my mom didn't. My mom, she didn't know anything about football. Didn't, still doesn't. Doesn't know anything. She knew my number, so she would cheer when she saw me go on the field, and that was that. She would like. She didn't know anything, but she was always my biggest fan. So shout out to my mom. But uh, what is your go-to book of the Bible? Like everybody has that one or two books that they always can go to. When I was a kid and I was a new Christian, um, I was encouraged to um, read the Bible, and I did a lot. I just that I I didn't miss a day reading the Bible, and I got involved in a in a Bible quiz for for youth, and I ended up memorizing like five or six books of the New Testament: uh, James, First and Second Peter, Second Thessalonians, um, uh, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, James, Second Thessalonians, First and Second Peter. I memorized those books as a teenager. Right, very first one was James. I don't know why I did. It was just us five chapters, and you know, there seems fairly easy, flows well, and so James would probably be the one as a result of just the early days of God impressing the, yeah. the uh, just the way he he wrote and the fact that he was the half brother of Jesus, and uh, and he just he was pretty bold in the things that he said. So I would I would have to say James would be the the one go to for me. Yeah, yeah. my. Uh, I have, I have an Old Testament and a New Testament one, but the one that I will always go back to is Joshua. For some reason, I just love that this, this young person is just given this like insurmountable amount of responsibility and leadership, and he rises to the occasion while like resting on the Lord. And it's like it's got some really cool stories in it. And it just for me as like a especially when I was a young leader like in Bible college and even like just being a youth leader, it was very encouraging to like read that like you can do this. I'm always encouraged by almost all Bible characters are flawed. Yeah. In a huge way, they're flawed. Like in I murdered people or I committed adultery or like, this is like big, like not just, Mm -hmm. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I had an indiscretion and I, and I stole something from candy from the corner star. Yeah, oh, it was big stuff. Yeah. And and but there are a few people in scripture that didn't seem to have the blemish. They just seemed to to do well. And it doesn't read about anything that Joshua did wrong. Right? It wasn't too many things where he he was like, oh. Well he was responsible for the Israelites making some dis- yeah. dumb decisions in the camp when they were hiding uh like they were yeah. hiding they for would steal part. treasure from their raids or whatever and they were hiding it but well, you're talking about Eli or the uh, no in Joshua when they Achan sin Achan yeah yeah, yeah yeah but that wasn't that wasn't Joshua but he's still the leader so he also ah. he's the one that is responsible 
But I see what he you can't, do. He can't be responsible for something what everybody does a lot of the time. No, but anyways, Joshua, Daniel would be another one. Oh yeah. Daniel was was seemed like he was flawless. You know, obviously there probably were things about him that that weren't, but there are very few people in scripture where you can take a look and say, Wow, that person that person hit the nail on the head, sort of thing. So I can see that with Joshua. Yeah, I just young leader. I really like that. And then Mark. I love the book of Mark. For some reason, I just got attached to that. Like out of all of the the gospels, that's the one that I like the most. And it's so odd because it just seems like nobody ever likes the book of Mark. It's always like the least popular one. It's always like people love like Luke and Matthew. But Mark just I don't know. Something hits Mark me is good it. in that in that it's in the the by story of Mark is grace in that it's Peter's story. Yeah, and exactly. it's Mark writing it, and Peter messed up, and Mark messed up. Yes, and if it wasn't if it wasn't for Peter, Mark probably would have not been known in Scripture at all. But Peter takes Mark under his under his wing because he knew what it was like to blow it because Mark blew it on the first missionary trip. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have this book, and it was all due to it was all due to people realizing that they mess up and yet giving people a chance, extending grace. So yeah, one last. What's one piece of advice you wish you knew earlier? Last question. Just what's one piece of advice somebody told you that you you wish you knew earlier? The thing that's going through my heart right now, and that's the thing. Um, there are times when God has us on journeys and he's He's speaking to our hearts about things. The, the whole aspect of abiding, the whole aspect of saying, of when Jesus says, listen, you're nothing without me. If you lose, if you lose connection with me, you might survive for a little while, and you may look like you're living, but you you connect yourself to the branch. You're the branch, I'm the vine. And so you need to abide in me. You need to draw your strength from me. And trying the journey that I'm on right now is even after 30 years of ministry, trying to figure out what exactly does that look like? What do I have to put into practice into my life so that I can truly say that I am abiding, that I am, that I am existing and running on the strength that God has given me? That's the big thing right now. And I, I almost wish that God would have, have convicted me a little bit deeper earlier years in the ministries where I was just running on my own strength. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, one piece of advice that uh, a mentor told me was... Don't be so quick. Well, no. Kind of, it was like a whole paragraph, but you see, when I was a teenager, I used to be so concerned that I didn't have like a good story. Like I couldn't share the gospel because I didn't have, you know, these traumatic events or I couldn't, you know, I just didn't think I was good enough. Uh, Or bad enough. Or bad enough, yeah. And so uh, the mentor basically told me, he's like, Basically, don't be so afraid or don't be so caught up in what you're doing that you're forgetting what God is doing around you. So, like, don't be like, stop and smell the roses and and stop being so concerned about what God isn't doing and start being concerned with what God is doing. Yes. That's that's it. Sure. Yeah. One thing I think for both of us, and I think we both believe this, in everything be authentic, be who you are, and that is... That is the basis of this podcast, to be authentic, to give authentic faith uh, for everybody who is trying to do the same thing, draw as close to Jesus as they possibly can. And and maybe you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus. You're listening and you haven't accepted Jesus. That's the basis. 
Just give him your life. Allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to move through you. Allow him to come in, forgive your sin. And uh, I think it's the most authentic thing. So thank you all for listening. Yes, this, this has been great. So, so yeah, um, let's, let's continue to pray that, that God will help us with this podcast and that if we can help you out in any ways, if we can somehow um, take you to the, to the next level, then let us know. You know we have an email. Uh, some people, you know, you're a long distance away from this church. We still want to help. And an email is just one step away. And the email that we have, if you want to communicate, is? Forgiven at BethelBrandon.ca. Excellent. So that's about it. And uh, make sure you just uh, leave us a review uh, on Apple and Spotify or whatever plat- platform you listen on. Um, I only say that you give us a review because I genuinely want to know what people think about the exactly. show. Exactly. So you can send us send us an email. And also for those that don't use like uh, podcast platforms, like if you're not like on your smartphone or whatever, all of our back catalog now and this one is on our website now so if you go to bethelbrandon.ca right on the top tab it says forgiven podcast you can listen to everything or the whole catalog right there amen and what for sharing if we're if we're being positive if this is helping you hey share it share it with your friends it's kind of, we want to do whatever we can to help people well thank you all for listening uh, catch you next time god bless god bless